Hello, and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings RPG podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korvan. I'm Kikita Kaori. And today, we are going to be doing the new fiction Cage Birds by Katrina Ostrander, and we're going to have a look at Honor in Rockagan. Just Honor. And not the mechanics this week. No, it's a big topic. Both of them are quite frankly big topics. So, yeah, we'll we'll be doing an overview, I'm sure, and then getting back to mechanics when we get our heads around that. <laughs> but first, Caged Birds. And this is by Katrina Ostrander. Uh, she hasn't. I don't think she's written that many of the online fictions. She's written the core book RPGs. The She's written the main fiction in the core book of the RPG. Uh-huh. And she wrote the um, Fires of Justice and... Mm, that's right. Are, as fictions, and then she's wrote some little things in the box sets. But she she's mm. not one of their primary writers, but she is one of the people who coordinated. So if she's writing something, yes. you know it's big. <laughs> super, super mega important. So... In this particular fiction, Cage Birds, this is Bayushi Kachiko arriving at Toshirambo for her exile. She is disguised as a plain ordinary woman, and she basically gets smuggled into Toshirambo and gets put into her nice new apartment, um, which is a room, and <laughs> doesn't have a thousand servants and doesn't have the nicest, you know... Kimono, she doesn't have a spy network, and so on and so on. But she does have her fan from Hotaro. And she reflects upon her current existence and how she got there, which I thought was actually very interesting. Mm -hmm. And she thinks about Hotaro and is wondering how to decide how she is going to respond from here. And that's pretty much it. That doesn't sound like a lot's happening, but I think a lot, not a lot's happening in like, in the outside, if you were like watching outside, but if it, like what's going on inside her head, quite lots happening, I think. Right now, on the outside, there's also another section of the story that is about Hotaru, and yes. she's trying to decide how to respond to the lion's attack on Kuden Kikita. She has found out about that. She yep. has not found out that her brother is rebelling. Because her brother, right now, to all intents and purposes, is dutifully assisting Daidoji Uji in retaking Kuten Kikita. So, yeah, he isn't failing to grab the Imperial heir. That's mm -hmm. not what he's doing. No, no, no. And also, she does not know where Kachiko is. She thinks Kachiko is still in Otosanuchi, at the right hand of Buishi Soju, but that is, in fact, unknown to her. Kachiko's body double. Right. We did have a bunch of lore nuggets in this. Mm -hmm. um, some are more well-known than others. Um, yep. The, you know, when Kachiko arrives, she arrives as a hymen on an ox cart, which is one of the major methods of transportation of goods throughout the empire. Um, yep. Ox yeah, ox, ox are all over the place. Um, right. I mean, you wouldn't get horse carts because Rokugani ponies aren't really that good at hauling things because they're not big enough, and the unicorn horses are probably not 
they, I think they have too high an opinion of them to have them dragging cards. There might be a few, but that wouldn't be a major thing. But So it's ox carts. Right. Slow but steady. <laughs> um, let's see. We have some things that... So she writes in this merchant cart, and we learned some things that samurai might do to merchants if mm. they were so inclined. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Katsuko's going, oh, God, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this other thing? Oh, God, they could do all these terrible things. Right. They could take some items for themselves from Mm -hmm. the merchant if they feel like their lord owes them some back pay. So you want to pay your samurai well so that they don't um, feel like they need to supplement their pay. Always important. And if they are just pissed at you as a merchant, they can just dump your goods on the ground. And... Yeah, because merchants are quite low on the on the, the totem pole. And mm-hmm. you, you know, if you're just hauling goods around because you bought them somewhere and now you're going to sell them here, oh, that's not, very, that's not very impressive. You didn't make it yourself, did you? No, no, you're just a merchant. You're just all about money. So, yeah, yeah. If you're, and it also does emphasize just the hierarchical nature and Kachiko being... Kachiko's basically spent her life two or three rungs from the very, very, very top. Other than mm-hmm. being actually married to the emperor or being the emperor herself, she's about as powerful as you can get. And now she's just a low class commoner. And that's a. Or she's pretending to be. And that's how she's kind of going, oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it did say, emphasize that if you are a merchant, your goods will be mm-hmm. inspected when you enter a town. So, um, note to players, if I'm mean GM, if you're going to disguise mm. people in your in your wagon, uh, make yeah. sure you disguise them well, because at least there's an excuse for having the guards search every box mm-hmm. as it comes into a town, especially a town that is under threat. You're not going to smuggle in an army into a city under siege. Um, well, not that easily, yeah. But yeah, in a merchant's it, 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 wagon. No, no, it's going to be quite difficult, unless you're very clever. Uh, we also learned the name of the Scorpion Courtier Dojo, where Kachiko, chain, uh, where Kachiko trained, which is just called the Hall of Lies, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. It might, that might be... I don't know if that's the official name or the unofficial name. It's like, hmm... <laughs> Let's see. So, um, in the story, Kachiko and Hataru both at different times think back to the Battle of Ice and Snow. Mm-hmm. And in their memories, Kachiko was held by Inazuma Nogendo, um, yeah. who we don't know who that is, um, yeah. until Hataru, as her Yojimbo, comes to rescue her rather than fight with the troops that her father had sent, that Hataru's father, uh, Doji Satsume, had sent to assault the keep. Yeah, so yeah that's this, an interesting one. Yeah, this event happened in um, Old 5R, as the Battle yeah. of Ice and Snow, as an event between Hatori and Bayushi Kachiko, kind of mm-hmm. before the start of the game. In old 5R, what happened is that Kachiko arranged for Yoritomo and the Mantis to capture a crane castle, Kudensuru Kokai, and then she arranged for it for her to be the one to negotiate its release from the Mantis as an imperial representative, thus increasing 
basically Yoritomo's status as yeah. someone the Imperials worth would consider worth negotiating with, and increasing, of course, her status as an Imperial representative and getting her closer and closer to the throne. However, it doesn't go well because Yoritomo decides that things aren't going his way well enough, and he instead mm. captures Kachiko. And then Doji Hatoru, Haturi comes yep. with a unit of Daidoji and basically in what is called a brilliant display of tactics for him, because he's a young man at the time, very young, uh, mm -hmm. frees the castle and frees um, Bayushi Kachiko. Now, is, that story... when the, is that when their affair starts, or had they had an affair already by this point? They in had In old law. This was this was after they first met, and right. after sort of after their affair started a little bit, but it's hard to okay. say when they were right, right, right. actually intimate. This was definitely before Hattori was married, but after Kachiko was married. Right, right. So, but Hattori and Kachiko have an affair. All while she is married to Shoju, but he kind of ends the affair, or at least the uh, physical part of the affair, mm. uh, after he marries. Yeah. So it's kind of in that window there. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so, so the new the new version Inazuma no Gendo. We don't know who we don't quite know who Inazuma no Gendo is. Inazuma can mean lightning, flash of lightning, lightning bolt, that kind of thing. <laughs> it is possible that this is still a mantis thing, because if there is a ship or a port that's called Inazuma, then Gendo could be a mantis, and they have their, instead of having a surname, they take the name of the port or the ship that they are associated with. So it still oh, okay. could be a mantis thing, maybe. Now, in, but, uh, in old yeah. lore, Inazuma was a mantis mm. province. Ah, oh, okay. So okay. Inazuma is a Mantis province. So this could be still a Mantis shenanigans. And it <laughs> could be much the same thing. I will I will do this thing with the Mantis and they'll make them look good. It'll make me look good. Oh no, it's gone wrong. And now they've caught, they've captured me. And then Hotaru, come, Hotaru, in this case, comes to rescue her. Interestingly, that Hotaru is referred to as her sworn Yojimbo. Yes. And I thought that was interesting. My immediate suggest thought was that this might be when Hotaro did a Mushashugyo and there was pretending to be a Ronin and thus she could swear to be somebody's Yojimbo for a bit, but there are all sorts of other possibilities. We have no idea, so Indeed. we'll probably... We, there's a chance we'll find out more about this. Mm. Let's see. So Kachiko has managed to convince herself that she tried yep. to kill Totori to prevent him from doing his own power play rather than eliminating the evidence of the edict, which I thought was funny. We, we're all good at justifying things to ourselves. Absolutely. And she's also judging him by what she would do in that situation right. and completely failing to read him because, honestly, if she, know, if she knew him at all, she'd go, oh, he's going to do exactly and precisely what the emperor told him to do because that's exactly and precisely what the emperor told him to do. And that's right. what he's going to do. Whereas in her mind, anyone with an ounce of sense, which always <laughs> translates to anyone who thinks like me, anyone with an ounce of sense would use this to gain their own power. Therefore, that's why I went after him. 
uh, which is <laughs> actually, but it all makes sense from her point of view. Yeah. So I think that's quite, uh, uh, that tells you a lot about her. Let's see. So we have a mention of a Mino, which a rice straw Mino, which is mm. one of the straw raincoats you see all the time in anime or uh, Absolutely. samurai movies. Mm-hmm. And it makes we you look like a actually... small walking uh, haystack. <laughs> haystack, yes, I love them. Um, let's see. Uh, and we have a couple of uh, Japanese phrases, which are very common mm-hmm. use um, and definitely fun for sprinkling in your Rokugan because oh, I, I use all these all the time. And that's uh, sumimasen, which is, I'm sorry. Yep. A, a low class or brusque version would be suman. Suman! <laughs> <laughs> and the other one actually you better pronounce the other one onegaishimasu onegaishimasu which onegaishimasu. is essentially yes please do me this flavor it's like very similar I think to por favor but it's please please do this for me please 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 um, and again low class or that's kind of the polite version onegaishimasu the slightly less polite or like brusque crab version if you like would be just onegai onegai, onegai. yeah on a guy literally means favor. Uh, we also a slightly, slightly less of a Japanese phrase, I uh-huh. think, and also possibly kind of crabbish. Uh, rain, and I suspect, I suspect, really bad driving rain that makes you feel miserable, uh, is apparently <laughs> sometimes referred to as Osanawo's piss. Uh, I don't think very many Korean are going to call it that, or all that many Phoenix. Now that I think about it, but it, you might hear it from time to time. Right. And the last thing is, is sort of near and dear to my heart in that um, mm-hmm. we learn a bit more about the Kikita Academy, which I've always enjoyed. Mm. Um, we learn that Toshimoko is the headmaster sensei at the Kikita Academy, which is in Suma, yep. uh, near Kuden Kikita, which we kind of knew from the Topaz Championship. Um, yep. But I was like it. Um, and that there are other instructors there and their students that he's responsible for. So that I mm. like that. Um, he carries, uh, a Kikita sword, uh, that is quite famous. And it's supposed to be the first sword that was ever carried against, uh, ever tested against a rock, the first real true Kikita blade. And there's a mm. ma- rock up in the mountains, uh, above, uh, Kuden Kikita, where they go and they test Kikita blades to see if they yep. will break or break or not. So let's see. Yeah, I think the last thing we have written in our notes is discussion. Is Hotaro going to attack Toshi Rambo? But it and turns out answer. we already know the answer to this. So. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is Because the yes. next fiction has dropped. So. Right. So, um, yes. Oh, Kandesa. Kandesa is the name of the Kikita blade. Mm. All right. Yes. So... Um, we are. This is the first of a set of three stories. The next one came out yesterday, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. No. Nope. And there's going to be another one next week, so we'll be getting there. Yep. We're going to very quickly mention the adventure that was played at Gen Con and Worlds a little while back. The High Woman is now published and is on the FFG website, uh, mm-hmm. which you've played it twice, haven't you? Yes, I've played it twice. Mm. Um, this one was very well written. It, for me, the first time I ha- ran it, it wasn't necessarily run very well. The second time it was run very well and it's fine. 
Um, it's possible that that some of the right it may have been adjusted. The the version mm -hmm. we have now might have been adjusted from feedback. Absolutely. Um, it has a very good example of an intrigue you can use. It's a very uh -huh. different intrigue than Courts of Stone. Mm, I need to I need to read that. I can't many to to get around that. Right. So that's if you good. are running it from taking it from a player who's played it twice, um, mm -hmm. make sure when you get to that intrigue to tell your players what the intrigue's going to be, what its goals are, how mm. long and so on, so that they can work with you to tell the story instead of yeah. fighting you because there's I... a strong uh, argument at this point that they're going to be trying to resist what you want to do because they have mm. things that they really want to do <laughs> at yeah, yeah, this yeah. point, not sit, settle into your intrigue. So you have to, um, you have to help them see what their goals are. Uh, it, it is flexible. Yeah. It does let you avoid the intrigue if you do it. But one, it's better played if you run through the intrigue. And mm. uh, two, if it, it's hard to do the intrigue half halfway. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, if I, th you I think that's actually also a, a general thing. Where in standard RPGs, you hide a lot from your players, mm -hmm. and you just you just kind of expect them to deal with that. But I think in Legend of the Five Rings Fifth Edition you actually reveal a lot more than I am used to. And that's actually a good thing. So you're, you're not hiding stuff from your players. You're revealing it so you can work together more to get a better mm -hmm. experience. So I think that's a good a philosophy in general, not just for this one intrigue. Mm -hmm. Now, the High Women Adventure can be translated with work for samurai, but mm. it's much harder because the responses samurai are going to have and are going to be more limited and what they're able to do are going yeah. to be more limited than what your Ronin would be able to do because they are bound by, you know, decorum and so on. Yep. So you have to think about it really hard before you just set, you know, shove your um, samurai through it. Clan samurai yeah, this, through this... it. This this was the adventure that was put out right before Path of Waves appeared. Mm -hmm. So this is the one for the the, the pregens are Ronin and Gaijin and Heimin and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So that's so that is obviously what is catered towards. But you could, with some adjustment, get some clan mm -hmm. samurai through that. Okay. Speaking of clan samurai, he said, trying to quickly come up with a, a good segue, uh, and their honor and all that stuff, which might get in the way if they play uh, the high woman. <laughs> Honor is a big, important part of Rokyan. Honor is stronger than steel, they say. Indeed. And so we're going to have a discussion about that and how <laughs> to how yeah what what does honor mean? And then at some point we're going to also talk about mechanics, but I suspect that will be in a, another podcast. Right. So this has been a subject that's been really near and dear to my heart since I since before I started playing. L5R in mm -hmm. 95, 96. So we'll just say a long time ago. Aye. Uh, however, um, what what is honor and, and what does it mean? Well, I wanted to talk about the two kind of definitions that, that get confused. Uh, there's face, honor is face, which mm. is how others see or look at you. How well you appear to be a person who lives up to the moral code of your social group. Yeah, and okay. I think face is not just your own face. Face is you, your f small F family, your B 
big F family, your clan, your school, you know, you because you represent those as well as you representing yourself. Right. So it's from the outside in, how you look to others, okay? And the other is um, kind of honor as the closest other word we have to it is integrity or basically Mm. how well you personally live up to the interpretation of the moral code of your group. Yep. Okay? And the difference between those and whether honor is internal or external and all these other things has been an ongoing discussion for many civilizations throughout all of yep. history. So it's not like we can answer that question here exactly. No. Easily. I mean, I, th- I think it's been stated in the role-playing game that honor as a stat that you write down on your character sheet is kind of meant to mean the internal stuff. Right, and that's but, what was in the interview. We asked this question to mm, uh, our our guests to Katrina, and basi- mm, basically, yes, that that's what it is for that. Um, yeah. However, in Rokugan, we they they talk about honor in terms of bushido. So mm. bushido is based on a book that was written in the Edo period. I think no, after Edo, almost the edge of the Meiji, Meiji right? Um, called The Code of the Samurai by Daidoji Yuzon. Yes, yes. So I think some people won't be surprised to go, wait, Daidoji is a real, actual, honest-to-God name. And yes, yes Daidoji is a real, honest-to-God, actual name. Right. <laughs> and it, he was talking, he, he wrote a Kids These Days book about how mm. things used to be and how everybody in this comfortable period are not warriors anymore. Yeah. And yeah. therefore huh. this is how you were supposed to be a warrior um kids these days. I know. <laughs> they're all they're all out there not committing they're not you know sacrificing their life all the time for everything. Oh, what are they doing? So even in the original iteration it was very idealistic. Mm. Um written after the fact about a time yeah. in the past. And that's that's just but that is what Bushido in Rokugan is based on. So if you want to kind yeah, of see, yeah. see, see how that translates, you can go out and read Code of the Samurai. It's a really short book. It's easy. Um, however, the key to making honor work as a basis for your character development for a game system is that even if it's internal, honor is about compliance or even more than yep. compliance, embracing a shared moral code. Um, so this has to be something where you can't say the scorpion don't think of honor at all and yeah, the crane yeah, yeah. really think high honor. Otherwise, scorpion wouldn't have low honor. There is a shared moral code that is mm. all across all the clans, Yep. all of society, monks, hymen, hinnen, Everybody, everybody in the society has to have the same moral code that honor is then a scale of how well you compare to that moral code. So even if you are doing something dishonorable and you think it's fine to do it dishonorable, stealing, Mm. you're, you're totally fine with stealing at your heart, some level, you know, it's not honorable. You know, it's against the codes that (laughs) your society abides by. Right. Whether whether you think that code is right, right, wrong, or good or bad, you know that what you're doing is against that societal code. And if everybody knew what you were doing, they would shun you and they wouldn't like you very much. 
Right. So this goes beyond Bushido because Bushido is about mm. how a samurai is supposed to I... live. All right. And monks don't live by Bushido. That's right. Hyman don't live. Hyman. Heyman, don't live by Bushido. Heyman, don't yeah. live by Bushido. But this is a moral code that underlies Bushido yes. at a deeper Asse level. Essentially, like, the idea is there are roles in society, which we may well be getting to, but there are roles in society, and you are supposed to do your thing. If you're a farmer, you should do, you should be a, the best farmer you can be. Which is a, that would be a, a set of things you should do and and um, ways you should behave. If if you're a monk, you should be the best monk and behave as a proper monk. And if you're a samurai, which is who we tend to play in rock again, you should be the best samurai you can. And that has a specific set of behaviors, a specific set of beliefs that you should do. Yeah. Now this is now we in our society we live in up to and have a shared moral code with relatively mm -hmm. few points of divergence between yeah. people within, uh, you know, most of us are absolutely. Western we, European and we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we generally we have believe, a shared... Absolutely. We believe that there shouldn't be a separate type of behavior for rich people and poor people, whether or not that's what actually happens. Uh, but we we don't believe that a farmer should follow a completely different moral code or a completely different set of behavioural differences to a merchant or someone who picks up the garbage, the you know, your garbage people, uh, or a you know, rich person. They should not have a different moral code. That's what we right. believe. Equality is very much part of the what mm. is normally labelled as the Judeo-Christian uh, moral code that we live in in our society is, is equality mm. in, in, in some sense that that's about, that's a good value. Uh, we, yeah. but this doesn't mean that the moral code, the honor is working around is always good or bad because that kind of yeah. is a, is a, a more abstract concept. So mm -hmm. it, and it, that we, we want that it's hard to talk about good or bad because we, th yeah. we think of those in terms of the like whole universe. Um, mm. so in the slave South, uh, right. in the United States, um, and this is a concept that's talked about in the book, Huckleberry Finn a lot is yes. that it, the honorable thing might be to return an escaped slave, but it's not the good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think there's a bit where Huckleberry Finn is li literally thinking I should be turning in my friend, Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if I don't, I'm going to go to hell. That's what I've been mm -hmm. taught. If I right. don't do that, then then I'm an evil person. And he said, I don't care. I will. I'll have. I would rather be an evil person and go to hell than turn in my friend Jim. Right now, we would certainly look at that and say, Huckleberry Finn huh. did the good thing. Yes. <laughs> so 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 honor is not related to good or evil necessarily, no. but it is related to the moral structure of the time. It's not just breaking yeah. the law or not breaking the law. It's not legalistic. It's it's moral mm. on a deeper level than that. And so, it's, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot about harmony. It's about mm -hmm. keeping the society stable. All right. And that is overall societies come up with moral codes for the purpose of keeping themselves peaceful and mm. stable and for the welfare of mem their members. Now, yeah. that aspect, this moral code gives a lot of the feel of the culture. Okay. Yes. So we play L5R in Rokugan, and that feels like a 
Japanese Chinese vibe. Okay. Mm. All right. The society, the priorities, all of that is a Japanese uh, Chinese vibe rather than say uh, uh, an India Indian, an mm. Indian vibe. For example, yeah, which, yeah, or, which they Middle talk East about, or, or a Middle or Eastern so on, vibe, yeah. um, you know, Afghanistan, Pakistan, those have a different yeah. vibe. So, what is it Absolutely. that unites Chinese and Japanese in this in this vibe, in this underlying structure that keeps their society mm. harmonious? That is not in these other nearby ones that also have things like case systems and and other yeah. things. And the answer on Earth. <laughs> Mm. Is Confucianism. The, the stark answer. Yeah, yep, Confucianism. is Confucianism, which began like 700 years BC and uh, mm. it underlies, it, it predates Bushido, it predates yep. samurai, it predates a lot of government and organization systems that came after it, it predates Buddhism, you know, it predates all the. It even predates Taoism, it, it predates all of it. It underlies the yep. society and then Buddhism and Taoism are arguments or discussions within the, the framework of Confucianism. Mm. Now, in Japan, they all came somewhat similarly because they, you know, Japan got this from China through Korea. So for Japan, I think these things happened a lot uh, closer together. Well, it was Buddhism certainly and, and... well entrenched with the Fujiwaras. Yeah. It came over Absolutely. at that point. So the Fujiwara is a pretty early mm. uh, dynasty, and it was well entrenched with them. So Absolutely. They just brought more, because more, more yeah, Chinese I'm, stuff. I'm, they, yeah, they, they brought over the, lang the language, the writing system, Buddhism, Confucianism, uh, ideas on how to run a state, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it kind of all came together. And obviously, the Japanese came up with their own way of interpreting this code and deciding how that would integrate with what they wanted out of life. And when the samurai took over in about 11, in the 1180s, they were in a society that was very, very Confu influenced by Confucianism, but they clearly wanted to be ruling. So mm -hmm. they had to make that work. Right. So if you have honor in Rokugan, it's done as how well you comply to or even sacrifice yourself for the moral mm. code that is laid out in Confucianism. Well, what is yeah. that moral code? Well, the tenets of Confucianism are basically that humans are basically good, teachable, and pretty much infinitely improvable, uh, mm. especially through self-improvement and the development of virtue. Where you're born is not necessarily where you end up in Confucianism, okay? Mm. The development of your virtue, how to become more virtuous, is the purpose of your life. Okay? Um, however, the, what, is, what is virtue then? The essence of virtue is to act with compassion and live for the betterment of a harmonious, of a harmonious community. And that's where mm. this is so community-focused. It's, it's based on yep. morals and laws, but your goal is the betterment of the community. You're not, it's not for yourself. It's not... It, everything is for the community. And as you advance yeah. in virtue, your community advances in virtue. And then if everyone was acting virtuously, the whole community would be virtuous and you would, everyone would be happy. That is, it, it's a key difference in philosophy that 
in the West, we tend to be very, very individualistic. It's about individual rights, individual achievements, individual improvements. But in Japan and in China and various other places, it can be a lot more about who you are as a member of the community. You aren't an individual. You are a member of a family. You are a member of a community. In in our case, in, you're a member of a great clan, even, and then an, as a wider society, and that's important. There is a, right. a concept of you don't have your own name. You have borrowed your name from your ancestors, and you are going to give your name to your descendants. So you have to take care of it, mm -hmm. which is and this that's is very aspect. this is and, and and if you have that context, then some of the things like the scorpion. And the way they live and the crab and the way they live actually make more sense because yep. you are sacrificing your temporary amount of virtue to increase the virtue, you know, to, to, mm. to, to, even if you go to, even if you go to hell to, yep. to put it coldly, you're, you're doing it and the whole, whole community will thrive. So that's yep. where it, it becomes a sacrifice that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Each person in Confucianism fulfills one or more, and usually many roles in their life. Those roles might be son, father, mm -hmm, or mother. Mm -hmm. uh, it will yep. be servant. It will be leader. It will be all these different roles in your life yep. as your life progresses. Some of those roles involve being a samurai for, for in, in Rokugan. Yep. As you, your goal is to fulfill that role, be the perfect daughter as best as you can, according to what is expected of that role. And if you do so, then if everybody fulfills their role to the best of their ability, then that, like I said, the community will be harmonious. So yeah. then you start getting these roles in conflict with each other, like being the perfect daughter might be in conflict with being the perfect Yojimbo. Indeed. Uh, or being the perfect daughter might be getting the way of being the perfect mother or various other things but that's why right. it's interesting <laughs> all right so how well you're fulfilling your roles is your is your honor rating and mm. that that has to how honorable you are in the society how how well you do that now mm. some roles are considered more virtuous than others basically a shown that you and your whole family line have achieved higher levels of virtue so um, if you are a samurai, then you have, you were born into it, but you were born into it because of the virtue of previous generations of your family. Yes. And, and possibly previous incarnations of you, because that's, yes. that's an aspect that also gets kind of put in that your, your previous existences, your previous lives were led well, and thus you were born into the samurai caste. All right, so if you are a crane with a high starting honor, and when, you know you haven't done anything yet, you were just born with it, mm. it yep. means that you are standing on a mountain of virtue <laughs> accumulated by yep. your ancestors. Um, you stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. And then your actions will help increase your personal virtue as you fulfill the role of being the role of the perfect samurai even better. Or mm -hmm. it can take you back down from there as you fail to fulfill the role of being yes. the perfect samurai. 
and that's yeah that's a yeah absolutely so that's a thing you want to be thinking about when you're playing your character and and where that comes from and what that means and what you're willing to to sacrifice and the expectations that people will have of you now going up in honor usually means sacrifice that you have Mm. sacrificed something Yes. To play your role even better, match this perfect ideal of mm-hmm. this role even better. All right. Yeah. And yeah. if you lose honor, it means you've gained something or done something that shows yeah. you failed to live up to this ideal. And it can it can be sacrificed in terms of like I lost money or I took damage or something like that but could also be as simple as I sacrificed you know my animal kind of passions you know I I went without food or I didn't have as much food as I could have had or you know I could have been just lazy and just not done the thing right I sacrificed my time to my time yeah absolutely yeah the things I would want to do if I didn't have any obligations, but instead I went and did the thing that I knew I had to do, even though it was difficult, even though it's not what I wanted to do. That's what I did. Right. So now we have Rokugan, but we Rokugan mm. doesn't have Confucius. <laughs> no, However, it's got it the doesn't. same vibe, the, the same cultural vibe that you would have mm. in Japan. Mm. So, so where does this this Confucian uh, moral code come from. So yeah. we we discussed it. You can choose. You can think about it for your options. Uh, there are some different ideas. Um, mm-hmm. It could come from Shinsei himself. It could come in one of his aspects. Usually, when you read all the sayings of Shinsei and you hear him talking, he he plays off as a a, a Buddha or a Taoist philosopher figure. Yeah. Um, and those I, philosophies came later. I I think I think part. It's, uh, that is certainly one possibility. My uh, the, the idea of making Shinsei behind everything gets a bit um, a bit much. <laughs> and and <laughs> as agree. you say, Taoism and, Bud- and Buddhism are kind of counter to Confucian thought in a way. Although it's not impossible to combine them, you know, the whole thing is that a lot of a lot of people hold these beliefs and beliefs and, and, and work through them. In combination, but they are—they do sometimes have some conflict. Uh, my preference is that it actually comes from Tengoku, from heaven, specifically through the kami who fell, mm-hmm. because they come from this perfect ordered society, supposedly, with mm-hmm. with this bureaucracy and with this structure and with this hierarchy, and they have come down to earth and they start spreading this philosophy, specifically Lady Doji, because mm-hmm. she. She is the one who has influenced the mainline culture the most, I would say. Mm-hmm. And I think those ideas coming from her and from the other kami, I think, makes for an interesting contrast and for a potential interesting conflict between philosophers in Rokugan. And often, I, I tend to often make uh, Tengoku the fake fantasy China <laughs> to Rokugan's fake fantasy Japan. Mm-hmm. And certainly in China, there's a very um, bureaucratic heaven. Yes, very much so. 
So um, there is a third option, uh, mm. which you can choose, which is you can say that this is the philosophy of the land of the four rivers, which we learn a teeny tiny bit about, which is a great kingdom north of Rokugan that existed before Rokugan. And sometimes you talk about certain Phoenix cities are built on the ruins yeah. of, of this. So is this north of Rokugan, as in north of where Rokugan is now, or is he, it from the north of what is now Rokugan? Because uh, obviously it wasn't to begin with, and the, the Kami came <laughs> to a lot of different scattered tribes all over the place, and they kind of went, oh, you guys, I like you. You can you can come along with me. And they go, yes! Um, and that's how you very, get plans. It's very scattered. The one thing we know about mm. it, other than some um, things are built on its ruins, is yeah. that Kakita came from there. And also, I believe the writing system is based right. off the land of Four Rivers. So Kakita so. came from there. His sister came from there. The writing system came mm. from there. Mm. So given that... Yeah. Yeah, why not? And why him not marrying the... Doji, you can end up saying, mm, okay, it's a mm. kind of combination between yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. from Tenkoku and it's the philosophy of the Land of Four Rivers integrated into yeah. Doji's stuff because she's married to Kikita. And that makes a lot of sense. Sister, yeah. And then it came out to the crane that way. So it could come. So you can pick which one it is. We haven't gotten a definitive mm. answer yet. We may no. one day. But that's yeah. the whole point of the the moral code and then the tenets of bushido is basically this is how a samurai filling the good samurai role mm -hmm. fits on top of this yep so bushido is what it is to fill to be a proper samurai fitting yourself in different clans disagree with some of the, the different tenants but that's really just they have a slightly different idea of good samurai mm -hmm. i'm sorry i'm making air quotes in the air and you can't see me. Um, <laughs> they have a different idea of what a, a good samurai is and that then affects which tenants they feel fits and which don't. I mean, essentially, if you think about it, the, the, the seven tenants are really what we, the outsiders who are looking at all the clans equally, see. But that's not necessarily how they see it. They, I mean, a crab may not see no, that, that they don't follow or care too much about uh, courtesy. They think, no, no, we think about courtesy exactly the right amount. Because we mm -hmm. know what a good samurai is. If you see what I mean. So they just have right. different ideas of what that means. So that was kind of a long and technical discussion about honor. Yep. We will talk about the mechanics later. Um, I hope that that gives people things to think about when they're mm -hmm. making their characters and trying to make things more flavorful in the society. In the end, it all yep. distills to this is that, Roku, that Japanese vibe. But... Uh, there's reasons for it. But yep. I think that's all we want to talk about today. Uh, I did want to... Yes. Yeah. wanted to do a call out to an alternate uh, podcast or thing I came up with. I found The Order of the Dead Unicorn, which had uh, okay. just... Which is a... Uh, I just found their Patreon. And most of it, I don't... Has some live play stuff. But they did have a really good um, alternate, alternate duels format uh, that okay. came out that had all kinds of duel games as duels like go and sumai right and right 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 so that was quite fun uh and mm -hmm. we have this uh um, upcoming a uh, alternate uh, a play format actual play mm -hmm. coming up but that's and, it uh, have, have we mentioned that we did a 20 questions 
Oh, uh, we didn't. Yeah, we have. I don't think we have. So we don't know. We it's actually did this a while ago. And so basically, we got together. We the four of us got together. Us from the from the RPG podcast and two and. Sar Angus and Trevor Cuba. Yeah, they. And... So we, the four of us, got together, and we did the twenty questions for our Discord personas. And so I think that can be used as an example if you want to, to kind of listen through to an example of people going through the 20 questions and seeing how they may work for a different set of characters. Yep, and it will be there on YouTube. In any event, uh, that's it for this week. This is Kakita Kaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korvar, and until we meet again, keep your jet handy. <laughs>